to The Heidi Rue Show, where you'll hear compelling stories from female leaders, creators, and innovators. Today, I have Allison Fillmore on the show with me. She is the executive director of the PGA Tour Tour Championship. Now, this is a huge deal because Allison is the first woman to ever hold that position in the Tour Championship. And her career, man, has she had a career. It has spanned a lot of different sports teams from the Sacramento Kings, Atlanta Falcons, Atlanta Dream, Georgia Force, NASCAR, and of course, now PGA. But if you're like, Heidi, I'm not really into sports. Well, do not worry because Allison shares how she's dealt with being in an industry where it's male-dominated. A lot of times she's the only female in the room. She also talks about how to balance family and work and lessons for anybody running a business or in a corporate environment, or even if you just work part-time. So I promise you there are some great nuggets in here, no matter where you are. But before we hear from Allison, I wanted to share a few things that really impacted me from this episode. The first one is, is Allison had mentioned something about making sure we all listen without thinking about what we're going to say next, which is really tricky for me. interviewing people for a podcast because I'm constantly trying to make sure that I'm actively listening, but also that I'm thinking about how I can take this conversation kind of to the next level. How can I ask questions that give great pieces of wisdom and advice and stories to you that you can learn from? So that really kind of reminded me to make sure that I'm always doing that, not only on the podcast, but also in day-to-day life. We also talk about work-family balance, and Mike and I had recently talked about that with the studio. So now I don't have kids, so this isn't a total, like, I'm not saying that this is an absolute comparison at all, but it has almost felt like we've birthed a child with opening the business, the voiceover studio business. And so one of the things that we were talking about was it's great because it really bonds us even more. I mean, we every day we have to work together towards a common goal. But then I said, the problem could be is that what if in five years from now, I mean, hopefully not, but what if five years from now we're like, yeah, we either sell the business to someone else or we walk away or it doesn't succeed then does is that going to kind of leave us feeling this void of like, whoa, what do we talk about now? How do we interact? How do we communicate without having this business, which is probably the same thing for kids. That's what they talk about with when you are empty nesters. It just got us both kind of thinking that we need to be a little more conscious of trying to always find things even outside of the business that we enjoy together, which is a little hard. We're a little different. But it just kind of made us think a little bit deeper about that. Okay, and then the, th- the final thing is that we talk about calendars and how shared calendar has really saves the day. And that has worked for Mike and I, especially with the business. But I wanted to hear from you. I wanted to find out if there's things to listen to the rest of the episode, and you'll hear a little bit more about how we talk about it. But I want to hear if you have any tricks or tips on how to keep everything straight, whether you are trying to keep a family straight, whether you're just trying to keep straight between a roommate. I mean, you have to kind of compare schedules with a roommate. Um, So if you have any, any suggestions or tips, you can just talk to us on social media, Facebook, um, on the podcast website. All the links are in the show notes so you can find it there. So I'd love to hear your tips and then I can share it with everyone else. Now let's go ahead and talk to Allison. Allison, I know that you enjoyed sports growing up, but there was something that happened when you were pretty young that really shifted your perspective 
and honestly guided you to where you are right now. Can you tell us about that? When I was young, uh, I was really focused on sports. Um, I played gosh, softball, basketball, volleyball, you name it, and actually picked up racquetball. Uh, racquetball was a sport that I loved due to my mom. She taught me how to play. And when I was uh, about to go to college, I lost my father, um, a massive heart attack at the age of uh, 46. Wow. So I really changed kind of my thought process in terms of you know what I wanted to do with my life, what I wanted to be, how I wanted to be as a person and, and, you know, in terms of being, you know, a strong business person or a strong, a healthy person, you know, there's so many things that go through your mind when mm-hmm. you lose a parent so young. Sure. So I really sat down and focused. I learned a lot from my dad. He started many companies and, and was a great entrepreneur. So, you know, the work ethic was there. So, you know, I really wanted to do something different. He was always in the tool and die industry. So my parents had these okay. companies when I was younger I ended up going to uh, Ohio University for school. Their sports management program is one of the best and really worked hard, tried to get as many internships as I possibly could. I think over winter break one year, I worked three jobs, wow. <laughs> including an internship. It was really important to me because I, we didn't have the money to put myself all through school. So paid a lot of myself through school and had a lot of loans when I got out. So uh, I wanted to make sure to take care of all of those. I moved back home with my mom and really put uh, you know, really tried to focus on, you know, what I was doing with mm-hmm. my life. Uh, started with a company called Collegiate Directories, uh, felt that I could come out of school and make a ton more money and quit that job to for another job. And <laughs> okay. I got fired in four months. Because oh my I, goodness. I wasn't passionate about what I was doing. Mm-hmm. I didn't love it. And that was my wake up call. Again, just it was my chance to try something new. And I was like, you know what? I need to be passionate about what I do. I need to love what I what I do. Mm-hmm. So I started working for a minor league hockey team. And from there, my career has soared. I found what I love to do. I love talking to people. I love talking about sports. I love being involved in sports and we sell fun. So it was really easy for me to, you know, move into this career. So I worked for the Sacramento Kings for about a year and a half, came back to Atlanta and started with the Atlanta Falcons, was there for five years, moved on to the Atlanta Dream. Uh, I was the first employee there. And After a couple of years, the ownership group, unfortunately, was closing its doors and got a call from Atlanta Motor Speedway. Wow. Started there, was there for eight years. And then um, in about April of 2017, I got a call from the PGA Tour and haven't looked back since. Oh, my goodness. It was fabulous. Yeah, what a ride. That is so crazy. One of the things that you said, as you said, you know, your father passing away, that really changed kind of your perspective on life. Mm -hmm. What do you feel like you were thinking before that happened? Like, where did you want to go? Or were you even thinking about that? I wasn't thinking yeah. about it. I really didn't think. I, I just kind of thought, you know, I was young. I was 17. I didn't even think about what was next in my next chapter. Mm-hmm. And then when our, you know, our my father figure, the man that's always taking care of me throughout my life is gone, I had to really think about what's going to happen moving forward. Mm-hmm. You know, my mom was great, but she started working like three jobs to take oh care of us. 
So it was it was hard for me to to and I never want to I'd never want that situation to happen to sure. another human being ever again. So I, I started getting prepared. I started you know, really thinking about what I was going to do with my life. Hmm. What would you say to someone that maybe has lost a parent young or you know whether it's in their 40s or whenever? Um, what do you feel like was the biggest thing that helped you grieve and heal through that process? You know, I was really quiet. I didn't talk about it a lot at first. Um, I found vocalizing my, what I was feeling, my feelings helped Mm -hmm. quite a bit. So, uh, you know, just talking to some friends about it Mm -hmm. really helped me heal a lot better. I still to this day don't talk about it a ton. Um, My husband asks me questions all the time and I get kind of quiet about it. But, you know, talking to people does does Mm -hmm. help. But also, you know, I'm spiritual. I pray and, you know, praying helps me helps me um, get through it as well. So it's it's, you never expect it. It's never something that you ever want to have happen to anybody. It's Mm -hmm. not something you can prepare for either. So taking, you know, every moment and saying this could be my last and really in in living in the moment, I I would say is is good advice. Do you think that your father would be so proud of you? I think he he would be really happy. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. Going into all of these different sports, Mm. (laughs) I mean, you've had to have faced some type of resistance being a woman. Oh, yeah. Right? Yes. So what were some times that you felt like either you weren't heard or you just felt that resistance because you were a woman? Well, uh, I had a position. I'm not going to go into who it was. Okay. <laughs> uh, but I was told that I would not be able to move up there because I didn't have the stamina or the drive to do it. So I turned around and said, okay, well, if that's how you feel about me, obviously I'm not, you know, I'm not looked at as someone that can move up. So I, mm. I looked elsewhere. I don't let it get to me a lot. I'm in a room with men, only men, majority of my career. And honestly, I enjoy it. It doesn't bother me in the slightest. I feel comfortable being able to interact with men about sports is a, is a big topic and sure. it's something that I can hold my own on and talk mm. and talk to people about. So it hasn't been, I don't let it get to me, honestly. And, I, you know, sometimes you know, there are organizations out there that are still very male driven or only accept males. And I laugh about it and, and just realize that, you know, I'm in a better place. Yeah, so. absolutely. For yeah. sure. You have two kids, Mm -hmm. right? Yes. Tell me what is one of the biggest lessons that you've learned as a mom and especially juggling, you know, a career and all the career changes, too, that have happened over the years. Absolutely. It's not about myself anymore. It's you got you got two little little ones that you really got to probably remind you of that, too, don't they? Oh, yes. All the time. All the time. Although it was really sweet this morning. My my little one came up and gave me a Valentine's card. So that was really sweet. Um, but they, I do everything I do for them. Honestly, mm. I want them to grow up and see that they can do whatever they want to do when they get older, that they can be, you know, head of a sports team, that they can, you know, they can play football if they want. Like, I want them just to, to strive for, for the world, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and it, that, that wasn't the case when I was growing up. You had your kind of jobs that you were supposed to go to and do. And I never thought about 
this profession when I was their age. But now being able for them to see me doing what I do, I think it's really important for them. They 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 enjoy sports. They play sports. And I don't force them to play sports. I let them play what they want to play. And, and now they've kind of figured out what they love to do. So, yes, I, I am forcing them a little bit to play golf. Um, <laughs> that's just uh, so I can go out and play myself. Right. Yeah. It absolutely is a juggle. My husband's in sports as well. So him and I have to really, we have this great family calendar that we plan. We sit down at the beginning of each week and we talk about what we're doing and making sure we've got coverage on the kids and, you know, different events. So, uh, you know, if I've got to get to softball practice with one mm-hmm. of the kids, uh, you know, we, we make it work. But it's a, it's a team effort for sure. And how about, um, you mentioned your husband. So how about marriage with working and trying to make sure the kids are at the softball practice yeah. and everything? What Do you have any tips or lessons that you've learned through that? Be patient. Um, listen to your partner. Um, I, I think that was kind of my, my issue in the beginning. Uh, you know, we, we both run at 50 miles an hour. So, you know, making sure that I understand what his needs are and vice versa. I think that's something that's been very important in our marriage and has helped us succeed. We've been married now for over 15 years. Yeah. I love him more every single day. Yeah. So, it, it, you know, and also making time for ourselves, but also, you know, being able to sit down as a family, too. So, you know, making time for each other is very important. Mm-hmm. And then you are over a lot of people in your <laughs> position where you're at. What is something that you've learned being a boss that you feel like has helped you to be able to manage other people? Uh, I'm going to go right back into the marriage thing. It's, okay. It's listening. Hmm. It's listening to uh, listening to our employees. You know, these days, everyone is sitting here talking and they're thinking about the next thing they're going to say. They don't really sit back and listen to what other people are saying. So I catch myself doing that sometimes and I have to Stop and really listen to what the employees are saying and try to offer sound advice, you know, on each side of the fence Mm -hmm. and making sure that employee culture is very important. We try to do as much as we possibly can to keep our employees engaged, excited, motivated. You know, we we do things in the office that, you know, typically others don't do. We go out and we have fun at Top Golf, you know. Well, I'll bring in like snacks and stuff, you know, 100 days out, a cookie cake, you know, just different things like that. Um, We all enjoy each other, but also to making sure you've got the right employees in the right spaces, being able to motivate them, being able to give them ways that they can grow in their own career, too, is Mm -hmm. important. Yeah. Looking back at your career and uh, the different career moves that you've made, Mm -hmm. what is something that you wish that you had known back then that could have possibly helped you move a little faster or even just made it a little bit easier? I would have to say probably not getting caught up in office politics drama would probably be the best thing to say. You know, that kind of pigeonholes you in certain spaces. And it's really hard to get out of that when you've already kind of committed yourself. Mm-hmm. So I would say that, and, and I learned that pretty quickly in my career to kind of stay back and let the people that need to talk about others 
do their thing mm-hmm. and and just stay by the wayside and not get involved in all of that. So true. And if there's any frustration that you have who just about how things are handled or whatever, getting involved in that, it feels like it just kind of spirals everything Absolutely. within your own self, you know, mm-hmm. to, to make it even a bigger deal than it actually is. And you're not able to yep. problem solve it. For sure. No, absolutely. Mm-hmm. When I run into an issue at work, the last thing I'm going to do is come in and complain to everybody. I back up and, you know, that's something I can talk to my husband at home or I have specific mentors that I that I utilize to, mm-hmm. you know, give them a call and say, hey, how would you work through this problem? Mm-hmm. So it's not something that I'm bringing home and in front of the staff. Yeah. Do you have any advice for managing your time? Uh, I put everything on my calendar. Okay. Everything goes on my calendar. If my calendar is not updated, I freak out. Mm-hmm. Um, from the time, like, I know that I need to take vacation to be with the kids or you s- specific meetings that, you know, you fill out a doodle and you've got three days that you say, yes, you can do it, blocking off those times so you don't book anything during them. Just... I even set time at the end of the day every day just to get ready for the next day so I don't walk in and just be like, okay, what do I need to be doing today? So I, I set time every every evening before I leave to plan out my next day, too. Yeah, that's really smart. Okay, so I have to admit that I'm not a huge golfer, but I have a couple girlfriends that are, Carol Ann and Allison. And so I text them. I was like, hey, what type of questions like would real golfers actually want to know about? So one of the questions that they had said was, who is a golfer that you think is one to watch? Tiger, honestly, Uh, Tiger Woods has been phenomenal for the game. You know, he is he he started this phenomenon of these young kids wanting to golf. And now you're actually seeing it in his competition. I mean, he created Jordan Spieth. He created Justin Thomas, Ricky Fowler. And now these guys are actually playing against him. So it's all come full circle for him. So I think he is he's ultimately just amazing person for the game um but there's some great golfers out there right now like bryson dechambeau he he won two of the playoff events last year um you've got phil who's still playing who won last weekend the great thing about the pga tour is that you rarely get people that are win consistently every single week so it's typically someone different Mm -hmm. and it's really exciting to watch these young kids get out there and play they're just a completely different type of golfer than um some of the some of the past generations what makes them different the new generation you know for example ricky fowler they they're they've grown up over social media Mm -hmm. so it's really fun to watch these guys because a lot of golf is very competitive but these guys are really good friends. So you'll see on their social channels, like outside of golf, you know, they'll be hanging out at each other's houses. They'll be going on trips together. They'll be going on dates together. So it's really fun to watch them interact. Um, and some of these guys, they, they're just great in the community. Hmm. They, they understand what it means and what it means to do what they do and how important they are in the grand scheme of things and and how important they are to kids these days and the the type of sport they play and how they can actually grow these 
these young kids to want to become golfers just like them. Mm -hmm. So it's been a lot of fun to watch these guys really interact with a crowd. They, they're some of the nicest kids on the tour, honestly. So it's, it's, it's neat to watch right now. And I think the average age last year of the tour championship, Phil brought it up a little bit. Um, (laughs) It's like 28 or 29. So they're very young. And and to be this young, making that much money and just have a great head on their shoulders. it's, it's it's nice to watch compared to some other sports. And with all those types of changes, even with the different type of golfers that are coming up, are there any types of changes to the tour that you're making? There's a lot of changes, actually. Uh, this year, the tour has really changed the schedule, moving some of the biggest events. So players, the Players' Championship, which is t- was typically in May, um, moves down to March. Um, March, and then you've got the Masters in April. You've got the PGA Championship move from August to May. Then you've got the U.S. Open in June, the Open in July, and then all of the playoff events are moving to August. So now you, you've got golf's biggest events aligned to really create an amazing schedule for the partners, for the mm-hmm. fans, and for the golfers. Yeah. So you've got a pretty exciting event every single month leading up to the Tour Championship, which wow. is at the end of August, August 21st, the 25th. And why why that change? Is it just to kind of build that momentum with the fans? It's or? to build the momentum with the fans. It's to make it easier for people to get out to the events. But also we end before a lot of big sporting events start. So we, t- we generally have the opportunity to own the month of August. Mm-hmm. Last year when we were in, in season and the tour championship was playing in September, there were over 300,000 paid sporting event tickets out in the marketplace. Wow. This year, it's just the Tour Championship. We've got no Braves are in town. Atlanta oh United's not in town. No college football. No professional football. It, it's it's the place to be. It's it's going to be very exciting. That's so smart. Mm-hmm. Was that your decision? Was that was not my decision. <laughs> no, that was been that's been going on for a while yeah. prior to me even getting okay. here. So that's so smart. Another change that's happening. Again, according to my friend, um, <laughs> is the point system. So there's big changes, right, coming for the point system? Big Kinda changes, yes. And it's just for the tour championship. Okay. So previously, if you wanted to look at the leaderboard and understand where people were in to try and win the FedEx Cup, it was really confusing. The point system was all over the place. Mm-hmm. We also had two winners for the tour championship. So you, you had a tour championship winner and you had a FedEx Cup winner, potentially. There were a couple times when there was only one winner, but last year, a perfect example, Tiger won the tournament and Justin Rose won the FedEx Cup. Mm-hmm. So this way, it makes it super easy. Everybody has the opportunity to win. And Amazing. there's more money. So right. it went from $10 million up to $15 million. Wow. So the purse is, is quite exciting. Is that the biggest jump that has happened in a while? Or? Yes, Absolutely. And then yeah. also, too, there's a bonus pool for the end of at the end of the Wyndham Championship. So the person that's winning the regular season also gets a nice little bonus, too. So it's it's PGA Tour really is focused on the players and we we work for the players. So mm-hmm. our oppor- the opportunity for us to give back and make sure that they are having an enjoyable experience is very important mm-hmm. to the tour. Yeah. Well, Allison, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you for we having me. so appreciate it. Thank you 
you for your leadership. Thanks for sharing, you know, what you've learned along the way and your story. We, uh, I'm just super grateful. So thank you. And I I do have to do a shameless plug. Okay. Yes, please. Tour championship tickets on sale. Ticketmaster.com. Go to tourchampionship.com. Tournaments August 21st to the 25th this year. Wonderful. At Eastlake Golf Club. And how can people follow along with you on social media? Social media. We're at Playoff Finale uh, for our handle on Twitter as well as on Instagram. And Facebook is just Tour Championship. Well, thank you so much for joining us out there and through YouTube. If you want to listen to some bonus talk afterwards, Alice and I are just going to talk a little bit, then you can go to our YouTube channel. But other than that, uh, let us know what you think. Either leave us a review or reach out on social media. It's at Heidi Rue on Instagram and the Heidi Rue Show on Facebook. Until a couple weeks, we'll see you uh, soon.